0: Before this episode, we need to briefly talk about something that has been felt by the anime community around the world. On July 18th, Kyoto Animation's first studio went up in flames, taking with it the lives of 34 staff members and injuring many others. Along with the loss of life, almost all of KyoAni's work which was stored at the studio is believed to have been destroyed. Out of respect for the victims and those that have lost their lives in the attack, we will not be naming or mentioning any details around the man believed to be the attacker. Instead, we'd like to encourage you and all anime fans to help the Kyoto Animation family during this difficult time. Sentai Filmworks have set up a GoFundMe page to support the families of the victims. Sentai are one of KyoAni's North American distributors and can be trusted to provide the money directly to the studio. Also, if you have messages of support or artwork, Crunchyroll have created a page where you can submit them. They've said they're looking at how and when they will deliver these messages to the Annie team at a time which is appropriate. You can find links on how to support KyoAni in the description of this episode and on our Facebook page. Kyoto Animation have long set themselves apart from the traditional animation industry by how well they treat their staff offering proper full-time contracts instead of the traditional buy-the-frame payment that is the industry standard. From us at Kawai-Fi, our heart goes out to all those who have been affected by this terrible tragedy. As a studio that's created some of our most beloved animes and films, we wish KyoAni a supportive and safe recovery as they try to heal and rebuild after this horrible attack. Our thoughts are with you.
1: Ava launched! Tatsu! It's over 9,000!
0: Nani! Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. A language logic interface for Japanese
1: The Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi. Kauai-fi fi Kauai-fi Radio
0: are, and welcome to a new episode of Kawaii Fi Radio, the podcast where we look at the world of anime, manga, and all things in between. I'm your host, Kyle, and joining me are my co-hosts, Coco and Kenny. Hey, guys. Hey, how you doing? Very good. I'm sitting here preparing to raid Area
3: 51 with my Naruto monster runner drink. friends. With <laughs> monster drink. Uh, yeah. I actually, uh, I scoped out a video on YouTube not so long ago. Someone has made an anime opening for the raid on Area 51. Oh, that'd I be amazing. just so
2: much material. <laughs> to work with isn't it, it it's is. interesting that um, I know I say that word a lot but it is because I didn't realize until very recently that this stereotype of the the name Kyle exists Near you know punching <laughs> dry walls <laughs> punching you know,
3: Punching Everything. drywalls and consuming uh, countless energy drinks yeah, and all d- the wearing anything monster brand.
2: Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. But I do have to ask you a very important question. Mm-hmm. Do you love your mother in a two hit multi target attacks? Oh, dear no. gods, no. 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 Um, um, so
2: we, We've tried, guys. We, we have tried. We
3: wanted to give it the three episode treatment, but frankly,. I can't. We're not going to. I can't. It, it, so, made,
2: it made us not able to take it. Yeah. So <laughs> it.
0: we've, um, t- to give some context, uh, Do You Love Your Mother in a two-hit multi-target attack is a currently airing anime. Um, we did mention it during our uh, episode preview um, last episode, uh, sorry, season preview last episode. And... We yeah. did state that obviously the first episode hadn't been released at that point, so we didn't know what was gonna to happen to it, but we thought the premise sounded
3: funny. It, sounded like such a novel concept, didn't it? It
2: Just does. It's sort of like animes with how long titles. Ever. Can yeah.
3: Yeah. They can
2: um, be great yeah. or they can be the, This
0: is not good. Um yeah, it's characters of good. <laughs> um are bad. Plot is bad. There's it's, there is a lot wrong with this. It's basically smart. It's so um, bad. It's not
2: even
3: that. It's subtle. Like and Just Coco. less subtle. Coco, you quite like cringe humor. Yeah. Like that's sort of your bag. I love it. And this this is cringy, but you're it more. It's too much. This for is you. terrifying. Uh, there's yeah.
2: cringe and there's horror. Oh. This is horror. This is so, wrong. This the, is... the
0: irony being is we thought this was, you know, we didn't expect it to be an amazing anime, but we thought it would be, you know, sort of middle of the pack. Um, I
3: mean, is... there are, Isakais are plenty these yeah, days, yeah. and this was, sounded like a different kind of a take on it, but...
0: Mm. but... But, this one has literally scraped the bottom of the barrel, and I'd say it's probably the worst of the season, um, that, of the ones we've talked about. And that's saying a lot, considering some of the ones we've talked about. Indeed. It's pretty bad, um, guys. So, from pretty the bottom of the barrel to the creme of the crop, Dr. Stone...
3: Oh, yes. <sighs> Loving so good.
2: This. It is so shown, and I love the pure OTTness of everything they say and everything mm. they do,
3: and everything they say is a big deal. Everyone has pro tag hair. Everyone is just crazy strong yeah. or crazy smart or crazy... Yeah. En- yes. and I
2: just love the energy. It's a mm. world of almost
3: superhero kind of people. Yeah. You know, and I love, I love
0: the fact that for so long, because those first couple of episodes we were watching, we are going, oh... The girl's not going to get resurrected anytime So yeah. Everything that you see in the intro misleads.
3: Yeah. It's true. It really it's, does.
0: It. It's really well done, and I'm really looking forward to. It. And uh, even it, it says a lot when even Anime News Network and Crunchyroll are posting their reviews on it and saying that this does the shonen genre right and in a different way from everything mm. that's come before. Oh, because
3: like take uh, your typical shonen like Bleach or Naruto or something. Yeah. Mm. You've got your character, they've got their values, and they've got their superpowers. In this one, the superpower is knowledge. It's mm. science. It is yeah. teaching the audience something about the world, yeah. even if it's potentially dangerous stuff that the anime advises you not to try at home.
2: Yeah. I love the notion, you know... the. I've thought about this sort of stuff before, you know, the old um, what if you're one of the few to miraculously survive a cataclysmic event and mm. mostly everything technological is wiped out? Or even you were transported hundreds of thousands of years into the past with all of your memories intact. You know, I've often wondered about those scenarios. What would I invent first? Like the wheel, the mirror, clothes shoes, the iPad. Re- a religion.
0: <laughs> a religion. <laughs>
2: that would probably be a powerful thing. Celebrate me. Yeah. <laughs> Any listeners, if you have an idea as to what you would create first, yeah, let us know in the comment yeah. section. We'd love to hear.
3: Oh, that's asking for trouble. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> that the flame will begin.
2: Now, <laughs> on, we on highly the... recommend Doctor Stone. Obviously. I highly recommend
0: um, it. Absolutely. <laughs> but we, we need to talk about. So I, I have been binge reading manga again
3: as you do because
0: i you know now that the season in review and season ahead research is done and dusted um, i have time mm-hmm. and yes. Please don't bully me, Nagatoro.
2: I thought you were going to ask us not to bully you. My
0: name's not until Nagatoro. You said right? Nagatoro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Please don't bully me. I'm a, just because my name's Kyle. Okay, like, so I'm, this, I'm, I'm this not a drywall <laughs> punching monster. <laughs> <laughs> this no. this manga
2: it, it's about girls, it. younger girls right. bullying this poor oldest older, older so dude. Older senpai. So, um, not too old, obviously. No, it's,
0: it's, it's just the it's year above school. us. So essentially, um, if you've seen any of Teasy Master Takagi. Mm. It's a very similar vein. It's one a girl teasing a guy who she likes. Um, and there's that romance element to it, but it's hidden behind, obviously, that. This It's, it's
2: pretty deeply hidden in this. She's uh, very mean to him.
0: She is. But it's it starts off... Uh, I've got to be honest, the first three chapters, I'm sitting there going, why is everyone so excited by this? This seems a little bit twisted. And then you start seeing... She seems evil. She seems evil. And you start seeing little bits and pieces coming through and showing up. And you're going oh wow she actually likes him mm. she actually likes him mm. a whole lot and doesn't know how to sh- how to show that mm-hmm. and th- it's n- never more evident than when um, Nagatoro has to defend her senpai who is we, to this stage we don't know his name he's just referred to as senpai or pisen or pisen which is yeah. senpai which is in spoonerized yeah. mm. um, which apparently is either a uh, in Japan, that's either being rude or showing familiarity. In the case of the, the context, the context, is, I think it's being yeah. rude. Um, but um, the well, I think it starts off being rude and then it becomes familiarity. Um, mm-hmm. The friends of Nagatoro especially like, one of them who they looks join like she... In. Yeah, well, they join in, and then Nagatora immediately comes to his defense and protects him. He's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. It's no like, one you know, else can No tease one can me. tease him Yeah,
3: <laughs> When I was looking over your shoulder when you were reading that, it's like, there is the one moment in the uh, manga that I could see where she, the main character didn't have scary, scary Titan face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wouldn't say she has
0: scary Titan face. She kind of has a look of... um oh, Joker? No, no, so (laughs) what's that anime style where it's the the girl who clearly wants to kill everyone? Oh, Yandere. Um, Yandere, so she's got that Ah. bit of Yandere look. To her grin. It's sort of almost evil. And but as you get along into it, you start noticing moments of glee from her. And it's not because she wants to bully him. It's because she wants to spend time with him. Um, mm. And that's her excuse. And
2: bullying is the best way she can think of or picking on him Well, I around with him is the best way for yeah, mm.
0: well, When you think back to attention. like primary school days, the way guys and girls got each other's attention was by saying silly or nasty things to each other.
2: Yeah, eliciting a reaction. Yeah.
0: Mm. Um, it's a similar
3: and similar I've, principle. And but...
2: I've seen this in reality, like especially in high school. Like once girls hit maybe like um, 13, 14, mm-hmm. like some of them start to realise I can get reactions from people.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm going to pick on this person and get and often it happens like i had it example... happen to me
0: on the bus from one of the girls from the school who was the sister school to us and she was like yeah. two years below me and she would just like keep following me around and then you know sit next to me on purpose and put her head on my shoulder i'm sitting there going yeah and it's dude like, we've never what... even talked <laughs> Like, what, what are you doing have you uh... ever
2: had that happen kenny like with one because of... you've got a sister don't you mm. has any of her friends just sort of started you know picking on you or anyone she...
3: Uh one of them now that I think about that and oh dear, now that I think about that <laughs> I'm a i am am a clueless individual for that sort of stuff, sorry. Mm. I'm more at home with my movies and my camera and stuff like that. Yes. Um I'm gonna need to rethink some stuff there. <laughs> we yeah. need to
0: we need to put you in a manga. You sound like a great great protagonist to be chased by a young
2: senpai. Yeah, obvious. Yeah, don't but do isn't it. not it interesting how this happens? It's sort mm. of like they start to dis- discover some sort of power, or maybe it's evil. I uh, don't know. Maybe uh, that's it's just uh, pure evil. Uh,
0: well, in the in the case this, of Nagatoro, um, well, please don't bully me, Nagatoro. It's it is mm-hmm. a manga. We believe it is due for an anime adaptation because it's the yeah. publishing company. Um, I believe is actually connected to the same studio that does um, Mm. TZ Master Takagi. Um, Which would make sense. There's about Mm. four of these mangas at the moment. Uh, TZ Master Takagi, Please Don't Believe Me Nagatoro, and then there's two others, I don't know the name offhand. Um, I think one of them is a bit more adult orientated
3: and one's in a younger gap. Is this gonna be the uh new sort of like big long genre like isekai? Is I think, I think like it's
0: a new subgenre, yeah, of like the school life. Yeah. Um but it's gonna
3: be dozens of, of these now. Often mm-hmm.
0: the stories don't progress. And in the
2: See, that's I love seeing progressive stories.
0: Mm in the case of please don't bully me in 35 chapters there has been story progression and character progression i mean okay. as much as i love TZ master takagi i want there to be progression in their relationship and you get mm. that because of the spin off of it which shows them as adults
3: yeah when they're
0: like together and like it's you They've know have got a kid but they're not the ending giving us revealed but, but they're
2: not not giving us the 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 you know the big story is it how they actually got together the, the
0: big payoff the cash oh, money but, like that's that's <laughs> what we want it is. just
3: they're not giving us it. You just know that that moment is like late high school for them. Oh yeah. And they're like early middle school so it's just going to be like, oh god, how many seasons are we going to have of this? Is this just going to be in the next one piece?
0: It's going to drag out. (laughs) Um, But we should move on and talk about this episode and it's all about the music of anime. Now this is from connections with the Japanese music industry to animes that focus purely on music. So we'll be looking at how the anime music industries are intrinsically connected in Japan with voice actors, music labels and companies working. Together to create a final product, and then in back catalogue, we're going to look back at one of the many music focused animes that's beloved by fans and the music industry alike. We are, of course, talking about K on Put Down That Kazoo. <laughs> and in Cinema Club, we're looking at an amazing collaboration between French music and Japanese in, uh, animation with Interstellar 5555. But before we do that, we've got to do the news. Making headlines, really awesome sort of. anime news. Weathering With You opens at number one at the Japanese box office and bad news for the Hollywood adaptation of Akira. This is Kawaii Anime News. This season's occult firefighting anime Fire Force has resumed broadcast this week after delaying the show's third episode last week. The studio decided the upcoming episode required editing following the events at Kyoto Animation Studios with MBS declaring they would alter future episodes if any issues arose. The changes being made include altering the colour of the flames and a new narration being recorded. Warner Bros has put the upcoming live-action adaptation of Akira on indefinite hold due to a scheduling conflict with director Taika Waititi. An overlap in the shooting schedule for Akira and the upcoming Thor Love and Thunder film, along with delays to the filming start date, has resulted in the long-suffering adaptation being delayed once again. It's taken almost two decades for the project to get off the ground and Warner Bros are apparently hopeful Taika will return to head the project after Thor is completed. MMORPG anime Sword Art Online has begun its 10th anniversary celebrations this month with a sneak peek at the upcoming second half of the series' Alicization arc. The series was first published in April of 2009 and has since spawned three anime seasons, a spin-off anime, a film, a range of manga and several games. As part of the celebration, a special interactive exhibit will be running in Tokyo's Akihabara UDX venue from August 4th to August 18th. The continuation of the third season is due to begin broadcasting as part of the fall anime season this October. Renaissance art manga Arte will be receiving an anime adaptation according to publishing company Takuma Shoten. Set in 16th century Firenze, Italy, the manga follows a young girl called Arte who comes from a noble family and dreams of becoming a painter. As being an artist was restricted to only men during the period, she finds a painter named Leo to take her on as an apprentice. The series begins publication back in 2013. isakai light novel series High School Prodigies Have It Easy Even In Another World is also receiving an NIA adaptation due for October this year. The book focuses on seven high school students considered geniuses in areas ranging from economics to politics, and the group is involved in an accident waking up in another world. They decide to work together to find a way back home while helping to rebuild the poor village that's rescued them. Heading to the bookshelves, two manga series are finishing up in the coming months, both from Shuesh's weekly publications. Hinomaru Sumo, the story following a high school sumo club and their height-challenged leader, will be coming to an end after five years, with its final chapter due out in Weekly Shonen Jump's 34th issue. The manga's inspired an anime series last year, with the manga's 28th and final volume due for release in December this year. In sister publication Weekly Shonen Champion, psychological magic girl horror series Magical Girl Sight is also coming to an end, with three chapters left according to creator Kentaro Sato. Having run since 2013, the series saw a 12-episode anime adaptation last year, which was released on Amazon Prime internationally. The last chapter is expected in the magazine's August 1st publication. And finally, Makoto Shinkai's new film, Weathering With You, has took the top spot at the Japanese box office this week, taking 1.6 billion yen in its first three days. The film has earned almost 30% more from its opening weekend than his previous smash hit Your Name, and the film is expected to earn over 10 billion yen by the time its run comes to an end. That's around 95 million US dollars. The film will premiere in North America in September as part of the Toronto International Film Festival, and is set to get a limited release as part of the awards season. While a full international release has not been confirmed yet, several film industry sites are suggesting an early 2020 release is likely. And that's your Anime News for the week ending July 28th, 2019.
3: <sighs> it's cursed, isn't it? Yeah. Akira. Yep, it's, it's just...
0: It's awful. I'm, I mean...
3: I was really excited. Likewise. Like, there was that whole thing that... If they started early, they would uh, get like a tax write-off or something like that? Yeah, and they did get the tax write-off and now they can't cash in on it.
2: I'm actually quite happy to wait. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm happy to wait. I'm being really patient about this because they have to get it right. Because if Mm. they don't, things will burn.
3: I've had that for games, Mm. actually. Um, I've seen a lot of uh, like my favourite sort of video games or ones that I thought were going to be my favourite rushed out and just incomplete. So. I am with you on that, Coco. I, I would s-
0: rather they wait as well, but I, I <sighs> think there's, there's always the like, Tyker in particular is a he's a great person to have on board for this a very creative soul and he's mm. you know a lover of the manga series as well which means that he'll want to adapt it as faithfully as possible my concern is is that Warner Bros might say because I mean you get this with any film where the, someone say there's creative differences in a you know a, a source involved in the production says there's creative differences between the director and the studio oh uh. and that that has been said about Akira because they probably just want to push out a cash yeah, cow they and do. he wants to actually do a proper film
2: I'd say a lot of directors would also feel that way. Yeah. Um especially knowing, you know, what has happened before when you push things out and uh people end up having to apologize years later for what they wrote. <laughs> oh, are we talk-
3: talking about uh, We don't talk
0: about that. I will um, fi- I will find the freaking sensor button and and I will freaking fricky frick you.
3: Guys, keep that
0: thing right over here in this box with a padlock and a thumb reader. Yeah. Ah. Oh
3: yeah interesting you won't <laughs> be able to get it open <laughs> <laughs> Challenge yeah <X>. so look <laughs> <But> I just <laughs> I just
2: want them to do it right and mm, if mm. they do it it's like dread yeah they did that right they, did they just well. didn't market it they didn't. excellent but
0: but on Still. the note of doing things right, weathering with you. Whoa. Yeah, that, I, that
3: is looking good. I watched the trailer for that today and, my Four. God, the camera work, I mean, yeah. considering it's camera work for an animation, how do you really? Yeah. But <laughs> the way that they've captured light in it, the way that they've done like the effects of rain and clouds and it's weather. Beautiful, it's beautiful, isn't it? It's just, it captures such a gorgeous atmosphere I'm so excited mm. for this I mean
0: I, this is the same guy who made uh, your name mm. and I believe it was five centimeters a second was his breakout mm-hmm. film um, the the films that he releases are just phenomenal and you know they, they, He's really an He's, uh, they, they he is and it really speaks to the heart every single one of them and you know you watch the trailer and you'll get like I think about a minute thirty, and you think, "Oh, okay, so that's it." No, you suddenly discover a whole new wave of elements to that, you know, part of the story. Which like before that, it's like, "Oh, it's just a love story." No, yeah, no, there's it's something like something else. Rug gets
3: pulled out, but yeah. in a good way. And like they're saying that they expect to make over. 10 billion yen, was it?
0: Yeah, so almost uh, 10 million US, uh, 100 million US, sorry. I believe them. Yeah, and that's just for the Japanese market. They're not even talking about the international release, Mm. which, as I said, they haven't officially done it, but G-Kids have got the rights for North America, and they do want to put it out during Mm. the awards season window so that they can get it nominated Um, Oh yes! For the Academy Awards.
3: Oh wow, that would be that would be sensational.
0: Because I mean, your your name missed out because it wasn't released during the right um, award season, and that you know was tragic. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Anyway, moving on. We should start talking about music. Kawaii Radio. (laughs) And now for our feature
3: presentation.
0: (laughs) Now featuring.
3: Okay, three, two, one, let's,
0: let's
3: jam. jam. <laughs> okay.
0: Yes, that's our attempt at music I mean, we haven't got any instruments in this studio It's all in another room in boxes Maybe later (laughs) Um, So, this feature We are talking about anime and the music industry And there's one thing that you can Always use to deepen A connection with a story And that's music So, it can make a heroic scene epic It can make you cry for a character's pain Or it can bring a bit of melancholy For, you know, days gone by High school or whatever it might have been Early days of romance But while music is a part of what's deemed Western entertainment, you know, for us, we we see songs used all throughout um, pretty much any media we consume from America and the UK and Australia. When it comes to anime, the connection between the two is something that's been ingrained in the industry from its very early days.
3: Mm -hmm. And I mean, with any kind of piece of media, with any kind of movie or TV series, uh, the music and sound like that plays just as important role as the visuals. It does. I mean, it will give away the atmosphere. It will, like, shock the audience. It will, like... Catch their emotions and wind them up,
0: or in the case of Michael Bay, give you lots of whop, 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 whop noise whenever there's a big explosion on screen. Less said about <laughs> that, the better. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Honestly, yeah. I, like,
2: I liked the first one, but it gets old it after does. you just recycle Transformers everything.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's yep. Yeah. So. Just painful. Most music found in anime seems to have a bit of an unknown quantity to it. It somehow feels unique, emotive and connected to Japanese animation culture, regardless of the genre it's come from. And somehow that music we tend to find in anime seems like it's almost connected to the story in a way, both from the emotion and the feel it gives off, which Mm. is a hard thing to do and they succeed consistently. Um, mm. And it's much more so than we find in Western TV shows. I mean, there are um, examples that are amazing um, for stuff that's been produced, such as um, Westworld, where the music is used to great effect. Yeah.
3: For certain series like that, for the big like award-winner ones, you get like the opening theme, and it will like tell you everything about what's going to happen. I want to like point out shows like uh, True Blood or Stranger mm. Things, It's like, you hear that theme, you know what you're in for. Yeah, Twin Peaks. And, oh, Mm -hmm. well, yeah. But from
0: there, when you look at most of the stuff we get, a lot of the stuff that is just pumped out and generic, Mm, like all those lawyer shows and so on, you you don't really associate the music with the story. It's just part of it to let you know it. I mean, CSI Miami, of course, has (laughs) The Who, um, which immediately connects it to it, but that's all that connects it. It's not a vibe throughout it's, the show.
3: Yeah, it's not. It basically it is just there to for almost nostalgia's sake. It's not mm-hmm. really integral.
0: Now, when it comes to this unique emotion and unique feel that we get in anime, well, Japanese music, we, we will cover that in another episode in full because there is a bit of a science behind it. But oh the yeah. The connection is something we're going to look at a bit more closely, and this is to do with the strong intercompany connection that we have in Japan between the music industry and its strong ties to the anime industry ever since the 1980s. And this is with music labels and producers being part of the actual production process. And you might have seen companies like Pony Canyon or King Records or Anaplex in the intro credits of an anime here and there. And they're often on board for one of two things, pure music production, or production more widely. And we'll get into that right now. So Pony Canyon, let's start with a big name of the own. And you and me, Kenny, years ago were watching, um, it was Full Metal Panic. Yes, And they right. were in the intro and we we're like,
3: what on earth is Pony
0: Canyon? Yeah, it, <laughs> it was just something yeah. we didn't know. We thought, figured random, it was
3: advertising company, brand. sponsorship brand, something like yeah, that, yeah. yeah.
0: So no, Pony Canyon did all the music for Full Metal, uh, mm. Full Metal Panic. <laughs> and now, not only them, surely. Now, Pony Canyon is a huge name in the Japanese music industry. And if you've watched... Any casual amount of anime, say around 10 shows a year, you'll have seen it pop up because they're in almost everything in one way or another. Um, The name comes from actually the combination of two record labels owned by Fuji Sankai Communications Group. They had Pony Inc., Mm -hmm. which was named after the branding that they used for their 8-track and cassette tapes, which were Pony Cass and (laughs) Pony 8-track.
3: That's taking me back.
0: Yep. And Canyon Records. And these were both established in the late 60s and early 70s, respectively. FCG, um, the group, is actually was actually the fourth largest media group in the world in 1991, and you might have heard of one of their major brands, Fuji TV. <laughs> all connected. <laughs> so like many companies, Pony Canyon's got a pretty diverse range of incomes, but it's what it all comes down to in its core is two things, producing music and anime. Their music production work includes a number of big series. My Goddess, Attack on Titan, Blue Dragon, Dagashi Kashi, Fairy Tale, Full Metal Panic, Hunter x Hunter, Ranmar and a Half, Robbie Hachi, Tamako Maka, A Silent Voice, Kaon. I can keep going. Wow. There's a lot.
3: Yeah, if uh, listeners want to go back and listen to that at half speed, there is a bunch of good animes in yeah, there.
0: Yeah, and we, we will, every single one of these animes is something we will be doing in our upcoming Kawaii Fi Reviews series. So we, we will touch on all of these. Hell yeah. But This says a lot because this is just the series they've done the music on. They've produced other series as well. Mm. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is that... They're a company which is a record label and has artists signed to them who they can commission to make the music for the show. They've got composers on board who can make the music for the show. I mean it's connected from the top to the bottom.
3: Unsurprising considering just how mainstream anime really became Mm. in the like the eighties and nineties. So yeah, it pretty much coincides around the same time that they came together. And no wonder. It's just taking opportunity of such like a very popular field of entertainment. And on the note of the eighties
0: and nineties, that brings us to King Records, and they're another company who've played that big, important part of anime, where they can similar to Pony Canyon, where they collect music production and anime production together. A few example of the music production side that they've done is Arjun, The Blame movie, the original Battle Angel Alita, Ooh. Neon Genesis Evangelion, and its rebooted films, Metropolis, Rosario Vampire, Slayer's franchise. Once again, can keep going.
3: Once again, won't. listen back to find some <laughs> on good animation there. <laughs> um,
0: King Records has, well, had their um, subsidiary record label called Starchild, which was established in 1981, and it specializes in only music for anime. I think I heard of them. Yeah. Now, they're no longer known as Starchild. They were rebranded in 2016 to King Amusement Creative, which is actually a part of King Records' anime department. Huh. So it's got a strong presence both to due to its chart-topping artists who were assigned to them, who are also celebrated voice actors. One so one big name on their books, Hayashibara Megumi. You mm-hmm. might recognize her from a few voice acting roles because her she is credited as Megumi M-E-G-U-M-I all in caps. That is her that is her stage name. And you will see when you're going through a list of voice actors in shows, her name all in caps, and you go, Who on earth is that? Well, you know, she's a voice actress, singer, musician voiced um, Ray Ionami in Neon Genesis, Ranma-chan in Ranma, Faye Valentine in Cowboy Bebop. As in, like, L- which Le- Ranma? Fe- Ranma-chan, female Ranma. Right. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Lena Inverse from the Slayers franchise-, mm. franchise. Jessie in Team Rocket from Pokemon in every single episode that she's in. <laughs> Several Pokemon, as a matter of fact, as well. I believe she voiced the Bulbasaur. Go figure. Well, while you're there. Um, <laughs> most of her songs have made it into the top ten in Japan, and many have been used for anime openings and endings. You're seeing the connection here.
3: Yeah, um, I actually uh, did some research on that matter. Like, there was a huge boom of like voice actors slash singers Mm -hmm. in like the early thousands to well, recently, of course. And um, yeah, that's basically become a pervasive thing because of the popularity of anime. Mm -hmm. Just getting fame for being in an anime guarantees you stardom.
0: Well, there's been I found a couple of really interesting articles that explain how anime has helped Japanese pop and rock industries get on the international stage because without them a lot of that music would never be heard unless you specifically searched for it
3: exactly yeah
0: so i mean there's another big name we want to to talk about under king records which is miss king nana she's a voice actor singer musician again also a radio host now um she voiced wow, hugo hinata in all the naruto series wrath in full Metal alchemist mocha and Rose- rosario and vampire and do you remember The recent Dragon Ball Broly film where there is the girl, the green girl, Chila, voiced her too. Oh, lovely. So she's released 12 studio albums. Eight have reached the top three or higher in the Oricon charts. And she is the first voice actress to top the weekly Oricon albums chart and the weekly Oricon single chart since its inception since 1968. Wow. So it says a lot about how they're music side and the voice acting and anime production side are colliding and that looking at the 80s and 90s for each of them.
3: You know, I'm actually a little surprised you haven't mentioned a certain someone at the moment.
0: I, I'm holding off talking about <laughs> the bestest waifu of all.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I thought we weren't going to talk about waifus. Well, we well, established that is, is in because, episode one.
0: Yeah, but the thing is, Ray Takahashi's a real person who's actually an amazing voice actor, also, a talented that's, singer. You're just telling us why, then, why
3: eh? you
2: want her to be your waifu. No, no. So I'm going to choose I, I'm a husbando. S- oh, a husbando. And Kenny, you can choose whatever you like I choose Husband you Cthulhu <laughs> <laughs> I
0: am joking um, but really not uh, so and thirdly <laughs> moving on we have Anaplex, who you will have no doubt seen in the opening of many animes they are owned by Sony Music Okay. Yep. And they have long been involved in planning production and distribution of animes, along with soundtracks, music productions for films, anime, you, you name it. They're also a parent company of A1 Pictures, Cloverworks, and Madman Anime Group. Whoa. Yeah. And when it comes to music, its connection is probably a bit obvious considering it's owned by Sony. But let's have a look at the soundtracks they've created. Bacano, Black Butler, Demon Slayer, which is currently airing, mm. Erased. All of the Fates Day Night and Fates Day Zero and Fates Grand Order series. Big name. Gintama, Guren Lagann, Kaguya Summer, Love is War from last season. Yay. All of the Naruto series, Madoka Magica, Soul Eater, Sword Art Online. Um, that is a drop in the ocean of their list. Those are the big ones I could find just after that. and. It's huge.
3: Yeah, that'll be making them money for the next century.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, you have a look at their connection. So, Anaplex are more based on the animation side, but they're owned by a record label. They have a record label. They have sub-studios, and they have artists signed to them who will create music directly relating to the theme and the vibe and almost the soul of the anime that it's designed for, which is something we don't get. If you have a look at recent Marvel series, like they sh- shoehorned in um, Nirvana into The Defenders. Hmm. You know, come as you are. Okay, that's cool. And but it's not written for it, and it doesn't feel like it's a connection. It just feels like it was used to promote it.
3: Yeah, by the same token of that, you've got Iron Man playing uh, AC/DC back in black and like... That's his jam. That's his favourite music. It features throughout uh, yeah. his movies because but that's it, it's his It features character.
0: because it was used in the first film and then it was repeatedly used to build the connection. Mm. What anim- The music that the Japanese industry puts out and uses in anime feels like it's connected from the first bar. Oh, absolutely. It, it doesn't feel like you have to build that connection. It feels like it was always there. And Ah, that that says a
3: lot. That instantly brings to mind uh, Domestic Girlfriend.
0: Yeah. To quote um, a great article that I saw, Domestic Girlfriend is a dumpster fire and I love it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But But the artist who did the opening theme for that... um, Oh, her name slips my mind at the moment.
0: Oh, yeah, and it, she's really hard to track down as well because she's a young new artist and she's only had a few songs out. And I believe we did do a cover of her um, on one of the previous oh, shows. Minami. Minami, yes, because whenever you search for Minami, you find the other singer who's been doing stuff for a few decades. Um, but she's it's it's phenomenal how well she's done and the passion that like that opening sequence for um, domestic girlfriend and the passion that is in that song felt like it belonged there and having read the manga and then hearing that opening song and just going. Oh, wow. This this song totally gets it. It's a match made in heaven. It is. And it's not just musicians either. It goes a lot further, doesn't it, Coco?
2: Yes, it certainly does. There are quite a number of composers who are very well respected in uh, not only the anime Mm. industry, but the music industry as well. And they work on um, quite a number of titles, actually. Uh, Have have you got a list, too? (laughs) Got a bit of a list. Uh, (laughs) Shall we start with Kano Yoko? Oh. Oh, she composed the score for Cowboy Bebop as well as recorded all songs for the series with her band Seatbelts.
0: And the Seatbelts are just a phenomenal. Yep. B- so the the idea about the Seatbelts is they're meant to be a jazz band and yet they've a bit of everything, they cover they? every single genre and do mm-hmm. it flawlessly mm-hmm. from heavy metal to pop yeah. rock to almost like, you know, little tapping ensembles.
2: And you know how um Spike always wears his seatbelt? Ah. That's why they called Really? That's why she called them the seatbelts, huh. the seatbelts or. Oh. Yeah. Um, that's kind of cool. Yeah, she's she, she's also written scores for jo- Ghost in the Shell Standalone <laughs> Complex, Wolf's Rain, and mm. one of my favourites, Space Dandy. Yeah. I love Space. See, Dandy. See, w- w-
0: Wolf's <laughs> Rain in particular was the big project that they did after um Cowboy Bebop. It's a very different genre and different story, but if you're looking on a purely musical level, oh yeah.
2: It's meant to be stunning. Um full disclosure, I haven't watched Cowboy Bebop yet in its entirety.
0: Not in its entirety. I think you've seen like half of it.
2: Yes, I have.
0: Um, I sat you down and forced you to watch it and then left the room. (laughs) (laughs) Just embrace it without me talking. Interestingly,
2: (laughs) um, the the mecha art designer, uh, Yamane Kimitoshi, was also um, working on Cowboy Bebop. Um, he had worked on Bubblegum Crisis as well, Ooh. where every episode is named after a punk rock song or album. Yeah. So a little bit of a connection there. Next person I'm going to talk about is absolutely incredible as is well. It, does does um, his name
0: start with a J? No, no, not uh, yet. I w- I Sagis get...
2: Shiro, who you is famous close. for working extensively with Gainax Studios, composed ah, the score. Ah, that
0: famous Gainax space
2: drop. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Composed the score to Anohiaki's Neon Genesis Evangelion. More recently. Shin Godzilla oh yeah he has wow. also worked on Ranma Half Kashurn Berserk and Attack on Kasherin! Titan he was awarded the Tokyo Anime Award for Best Music in 2010 for Evangelion 2.0 You Cannot Advance mm. one of his most stunning pieces it's his song Ray 2 oh the piano, piano rendition um, yeah. which, is, uh, mm-hmm.
0: which is just Far which out. they've actually used stunning. as the outro for the recent dub uh, yeah. of which doesn't feel right there but the song itself is beautiful oh, it's absolutely, absolutely amazing yeah, it's fantastic.
2: um quick mention and shout out as always to Shin Godzilla the music for me made this film
0: oh yeah
3: it
2: is so
3: just wow incredible
2: everyone should watch it
3: another little gem in the big Godzilla monster movie crown it is yep.
2: Next person I'm going to talk about is Joe. Joe. No. no, no, no. I want, I want to talk we'll get about there, Joe. we'll get there. Okay. <laughs> so, we have to talk about his sensei first.
0: I appreciate Joe's sensei. He's very good. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Watanabe Takeo first. Okay. This guy composed music for Mobile Suit Gundam. Oh yeah. Uh, candy Candy, which was incredibly <laughs> popular in
0: France. It, little... it destroyed the children's minds <laughs> and yes. hearts with its cute and adorable um, essence. Yeah,
3: I loved that article saying that Candy Candy, this adorable little anime, was corrupting the mm-hmm. youth of France. Oh, so <laughs> yeah. corrupt. It's I must just find like that again.
2: The, the, the song has got the words, dans le monde du candy, tout le monde est gentil," And it's like... In the world of candy, everyone's nice. How is that corrupting anyone? <laughs> I don't see it. Anyway.
0: I think, it's corrupting their teeth. That's about it. Yeah, that's how it. How sweet it is.
2: Uh, Lone Wolf and Cub, he also composed. Um, hmm. One of his songs, tome Tengu BDM, was used posthumously in the film Lost in Translation. Oh. Um, oh, wow. And, of course, he was the sensei to... Hisashi Joe. Joe. Who Kyle wants to talk about. I always
0: want to talk about Hisashi Joe because he did almost all of Studio Ghibli's music. Yeah, except for one film, right? Ladies
3: and gentlemen, Kyle's Husbando. He's my Husbando Yo Yo.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So we're really. De- departing from the um, earliest statement uh, no, many episodes ago. No, we're not. It's just ago. for this episode. <laughs> right, so it's because I'm different. a musician Kyle, yeah, and Kyle I love, love these big, people. Yeah, he's a big fan of music, um, as, are, as are pretty much all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle, it goes a little deep, especially
1: it, with it how she goes. <laughs> it cuts I, I have all
0: these sheet music sitting there and I can't wait to mm. buy a keyboard so I can start playing it because while it's nice on the guitar, transposing it's not as much fun.
2: Yeah, mm. and you can get more notes across exactly. on, the, on the piano, I think. Yeah, well, I, with the um, piano
0: I can technically do, what, like eight notes at a time, maybe ten if I was extremely yeah. dexterous. Um, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so, of course, Hisashi Joe um, is famous for scoring many, well, all except for one, of uh, Miyazaki Higao's films uh, as well as Mobile Suit Gun following, following in the footsteps of his sensei Watanabe Takeo wow. as well as the soundtrack to the 1998 Winter Paralympics and he also wow. scored um, a, um, an award-winning fil- uh, film called Departures which I'm very, very keen to watch. It's a Japanese hmm. film about a man who becomes a, a traditional mortician Oh. And wow. it, it struggled to get funding because it's such a taboo subject. Death is yeah. considered unclean. Hisaishi actually composed the music before they shot the film. They played the music whilst they were um, acting the scenes out, which oh. really helped to give them a sort of an understanding as to what... The, the feeling for the, that yeah, scene what and what's sort of being put across. Yeah, to go for. Yeah, of it's course. meant to be absolutely stunning, this film. I mean, as we
3: previously mentioned, music plays a major part mm. in, like, conveying the emotions yeah. of what you're supposed to be mm. watching. And well, um, I mean, like,
0: you, you have a look at, like, um, Ga- Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. That, that did a really good example yeah, that was of... wonderful. ...using the music which is integral to the character to explain the feeling of every scene. Yeah, and exactly. as you'll
2: see, um, the colour grading during those scenes, it really just encapsulated you. It was mm, so good at exactly. that. Um, so, yes... Uh, Sashi joe if you want to add anything kyle
0: i love this man so much and his oh. music is beautiful and wonderful and elegant and it is so beautifully written it and, is uh, i'm I gonna th- have to go and listen to some after this episode yeah, I, I, th- <laughs> I
2: think that everyone do yourselves a favor yeah <laughs> and uh grab some Sashi joe yeah check it out yeah. um i'd also like to mention Japan's king of love songs, oh. Suzuki Masayuki. He has only, from, from what I've found, done one anime, and that mm. is Kaguya Sama, Lovers War. But it is very notable to mention because this guy has been active since 1980, composed and performed the intro Love Dramatic, you know, Oh, love me, mister, mister oh, mister. mister.
0: Yeah, Lush. such a tune.
2: Um, I'm surprised
0: that he's been active for so long and none of them have been used for anime. Maybe he didn't think any of them were worthy of it yet. (laughs) I don't know. "Mm, This love story doesn't have quite enough mystery.
2: Doesn't inspire the swing. This one doesn't (laughs) have the madness. Yeah, Mm. I don't know, but he's... um, He's finally being used and it's just so perfect he seems such a cool individual yeah, doesn't he He's, he's always cool wears cat. the glasses and mm. he's got the mustache and it's just like this w- guy w- is 62 and he does not look a day over what? like 35 or something
0: Cuz I so we tracked down the video of him performing this with mm-hmm. his band I would not have picked him to be 62
2: Yeah Oh <laughs> uh, the energy in this band That
3: seems to happen a lot. What was that other and oh um Lupin the Third had a series oh, not so long ago, yeah. and their closing theme so beautiful.
0: Oh yeah, the closing theme. Um, she was an anchor singer, and we were like, "Oh, I reckon she's probably like thirty-five, maybe 40. No, she was pushing almost what was it, seventy or eighty? <laughs> yes. It was just like, "Whoa!" Like, the the voice on her yeah. was just phenomenal, and voice it was just, just gets better with age. Let's oh, post that link. after Oh, this. oh I think yeah, we, we need, need to, to like. So this is the op- uh, closing theme for Lupin the Third Part. Four, which I believe aired in 2015 yeah and it just
3: kind of goes to show you that performance wise mm. age is nothing in mm-hmm. Japan
0: now we do need to talk about a couple of notable bands and musicians who you many have mm-hmm. come across in a lot of the big anime shows so first off Asian Kung Fu Generation or AKG for short you might recognise their music if you've watched Bleach, Erased Fullmetal Alchemist, Naruto or Tatami Galaxy mm-hmm. which you know I mean ov- obviously the last one's a bit more niche but they're all shows which have had a fairly strong exposure to the West and, you know, a- outside of Japan in general. You then have Flo, who similarly did Naruto, Code Gears. They actually did Dragon Ball Z's Japanese opening theme. Wicked. Um, Beezlebub, Seven Deadly Sins, Jurara. Uh, sorry, Jurara I always stumble on that one. There's always
3: one more run mm. than you expect. There is. Um, it's like walking up the stairs and then missing <laughs> the last one. Oops. And then
0: we also have Lisa who's pretty much one of my oh, favourite yeah. Japanese artists. What a set of lungs! I know. Um, Sword Art Online, the opening theme for the very first season, um, Crossing Fields, that is pretty much the song everyone... If, if they fall in love with Lisa's music, that's normally where it starts. Absolutely. If you're from outside of Japan and haven't seen anything before. And that, that's what got me into it. She's done uh, My Hero Academia Season 2's closing theme, I believe. Um, she's done music for almost the whole Fate Stay series, uh, at least the modern interpretation. This season's Demon Slayer, Nisekoi, and in Angel Beats.
3: Yeah, lady does not take a break.
0: Angel Beats, she was actually a character. Um, oh. from the show this is literally where she got her start in anime um, she played I can't remember the name of the character but she replaces the lead singer of the band after the band leader disappears oh little the, devil, little, haired little haired little girl. devil yes. girl Um devil girl and she does all the singing for that character uh,
3: Angel Beats I really want to cover later because we, we
0: will do that and Angel Heats will break your heart God it will it it's over 12 great. episodes it's worth
2: watching it's not like uh, Grave of the Fireflies where no. you just break <laughs> <Just for> pieces
0: <laughs> yeah it's, 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 a, it's yeah. a good hurt. <laughs> it's a good <happy> um, hurt. <laughs> I hurt myself <Marcel> today. <laughs>
2: well, if you're going to watch that, you will. Yeah. Uh, but um,
0: maximum again, the nice. Hormone. All right. You want to do what?
2: Maximum the Hormone. No, seriously, so what?
0: Death Note's opening theme yeah. was done by then. They did a song for Resurrection F in Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> um, yeah. Opening theme Entitled for Air Master. Yes. Um I have a story about Max from the Hormone.
2: I'll go for it. So
0: they were meant to come to Perth about a decade ago. <gasps> oh whoa. Guess why they cancelled their tour? Cuz I had tickets.
2: I was reading about
0: this. They cancelled the tour cuz the drummer got pregnant.
2: <laughs> yeah, and whoa. she was really upset about it. She's like, she I've never devastated. felt like held back, but then I have to be held back because
3: I'm pregnant.
0: Yeah. Yeah, only it, girl yeah. in the band. She's the drummer, and she's insanely good.
3: Yeah, yeah. if you guys have heard these, this band, their uh, their drum line, the speed at which she yeah. plays is just like whoa.
0: The, they're also a band that has no regard for genre. No. Um, so the, what is it, Queen Omega Lover? Yes. Changes genre about six times you in should. the song. I remember oh, that song. Used to play that over your car radio. Yeah, yeah.
2: All oh, do yourselves a favor. And check it out. <laughs> Good so, on um, and also the band members um, have appeared as extras in the live-action adaptation of the manga Beck, ah. also known as the anime Beck Mongolian Chop Squad.
0: Hang on, so there was a live-action film of that. Yes, we still need to watch we, this. Series. So we, that is one that we are missing from musical sort of back catalogue, which is Bet Mongolian Chop Squad, um, which we do need we to watch. We will
2: rectify this. And wa- just, yeah. one
0: last artist to mention, Nico Touches the Walls, which um, you might recognise if you watched Naruto Shippuden when they had the Diver intro, which is where Naruto's falling <coughs> into the water. Oh, stunning. Um, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood and mm. Um Now, we have talked about artists, we've talked about studios, and we're going to be talking about k in a moment. But mm-hmm. if you're looking for anime, which has got a strong musical Part to it, you'll want to look at Cowboy Bebop, of course mm. Wolf's Reign, Carolyn Tuesday, which is currently airing and mid-August, the first half of that will be on Netflix Worldwide so you can see what we're talking about there's Hibiki Euphonium which is what it's like being in a brass big band there's Beck Mongolian Chop Squad which is about basically building rock a band. rock and rolls band mm-hmm. in Japan there's pretty much all of the Ghibli soundtracks and there's k that's just to name a few, this goes a lot deeper
3: Music is such a huge thing when you're creating something like this. It's even something mm. to keep in mind if you are to create your own works. It's
0: uh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it, like My Hero Academia, Like oh. you, the the show is fantastic, but it wouldn't be as good as it was without that epic soundtrack that's been crafted behind it.
3: And it's that, saying of which, that soundtrack itself has become a little bit of an internet meme. The idea oh, right. that uh, You Say Run, the big song that plays whenever something epic dramatic happens. and epic is happening, goes with everything. And it does. It totally does. Mm. Because it's amazing.
0: I actually have it in my gym pre workout playlist. I rack that up in the car
3: and then go to the gym. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, we do not advise you listening to that song before driving
0: Just or while driving. <laughs> oh, God's no. <laughs> I have to put it on cruise control, otherwise, I'll be girt by police. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving right along, we need to go talk about Kayon.
2: I watched that as a kid. Oh yeah, I remember that. Back catalog,
0: and uh, that was a lovely little snippet from Hibiki Euphonium. In case you didn't know, K-On! the light music club. Yep. That. That utterly, is just just absolutely
2: oh. stunning and so so sweet. And we really can't talk about music and anime without mentioning K-On! It was first a light novel, mm-hmm. and then made into the anime called k follows um well so
0: apologies it was a manga first oh are you yeah. sure mistake, yes sorry. i am um, I'm very sure so
2: it follows the high school light music club and its members uh guitarist and vocalist hirosawa yui bassist and vocalist akiyama Mio, drummer tainaku ritsu who's my favourite, and keyboardist Kodabuki Samugi, who is also my favourite because of her eyebrows. These four <laughs> girls join the club in order to prevent it becoming disbanded. And eventually, they, uh, after one year of having the club, they gain a fifth member who's second guitarist Nakano Azusa to the chagrin of bassist and vocalist Mio.
0: Azunyan.
2: Azunyan, yes. <laughs> it takes them a while to get into the groove of writing music and they're often distracted by hanging out in the room and just having tea
3: and cakes. Which yeah. makes up, like, rather yeah. a lot of the anime. Yeah,
2: and it's
0: adorable. Sumugi actually
2: comes from a really rich family, so... We
0: think she might be, like, Swedish or Scandinavian or some, something like some that. heritage.
2: Um, but, yeah, when they finally get into playing and composing, they're really good. Oh, and yeah. And so good, in fact, that the first mini-album release of the anime's songs, Hokago Tea Time, debuted at number one on the Oricon Weekly CD Albums chart, selling 67,000 copies, making it the first image song album credited to fictional anime characters that reached that position. And yes, each of the voice actresses sing...
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I, I have to, on, on that note, we do have a snippet of um, one of the songs which is called Listen, which was the closing theme. So the opening theme of the anime is voice sung by Yui's voice actress and the closing theme sung by Mio's voice actress, mm-hmm. the bassist. I shouldn't have suggested it. Um, so, yes, li- that's an example of what the vocalists and the, s- the group can actually do. And truth be told, they did so well with this that they actually then had to put on a live show, <laughs> um, which they had another, obviously a backing band, um, but they actually learnt to play Staple Staple, which was one of the songs that the characters played. It is a simple song, but they it, none of them could play oh the wow. instruments before. So
2: they just had to...
0: They like, did it live.
2: Flash learn. Yeah. Oh, my gosh.
3: Um, and they did a really really good job. Like, imagine what that must be like for them. It's like, oh, we're just voice actresses. And then they have a rabid fan base going, we love your music. Oh, it's oh, not all our
2: music. Oh, dear. We need to do more.
0: <laughs> and, I mean, the voice acting is phenomenal. Like, to, to get voice actors, as I was mentioning earlier, who can sing, you know, if you think about that in... We're, at least in Western adaptations of anything like mm. the dub cast, not many of them are going to be good singers. Mm. Like it's not like usually something that is associated with it. But in Japan, it's something that is completely associated with it now. Absolutely. And we, we have that with um, Rei Takahashi, who you know sings a lot of the outros. She does the outro song for Konosuba with because um, she plays Megumin in that and sings the outro. She's done the outro for um, Isekai Cheap Magician, which is airing this year because mm. she plays one of the characters in that. It, it's impressive to see how much these people do, considering mm. what we associate with a voice acting
3: role. I mean, her especially. that Another girl who just R- R- doesn't just take does a break. does
0: way too much, and she's only 25, and you have a look at her back catalogue and you're like, you've got a back catalogue the size of someone who'd been working in the industry for their whole life, and does, you've only been at it for six years.
3: Doesn't she have like a podcast or a TV show where she just sort of... Oh. Chills out and chats with people yeah. randomly. Yeah, she does that too. Is I that guess just that's her, her only
2: time to... Yeah, is that just
3: her break, <laughs> doing a TV show? They're,
0: they're not really breaks because they're promoting like TZ Master Takagi, for instance. She <laughs> talks about the location where the writer lives, which is where everything in that show is set. And she went and visited it, and they show her happy snaps from it. And okay, it is promoting TZ Master Takagi, but it's her just talking to another voice actress who I think she met on the ReZero set... Yeah, um, it's and just, it's like, oh, okay. It's
3: just, good <laughs> lord, I want to start a GoFundMe for this lady just, you know, to pay for a vacation for yeah. her, just so she can relax. Th- th-
0: then <laughs> there's um, a whole load of ASMR stuff they do with her as well, where she puts on her TZ Master Takagi voice and whispers stuff into your ear. She
2: does have a really nice uh, voice, that She's there, got character. a beautiful
0: voice.
3: But, yeah, it's just... Man, she is doing a lot. She does. And she's,
0: you know, she's not a one trick pony where she's only got, you know, super shonen and then, you know, high pitched girl. She's got a massive range of voices that Mm. she can put on, Mm. which is, you know,. No offence to some of our English dub voice actors, but some of them don't have much range. They kind of have one or another voice and that's kind of it. The the, the issue I, I'm having mostly is the poor quality dubs Netflix have been putting out. Because Alas. a lot of the content they've been putting out are from mostly unknown voice actors. And they're not... I, I, don't, th- I don't know if the issue is with the voice actor or the director's where the director is providing not enough information or guidance to guide how that voice should sound. Um, because, you know, you've, you've got, a, you've essentially got an example of how to do it from the original version. Mm-hmm. So look at that and go, how do this character interact? How do they behave? What is, you know, what pitches do they use? How do they react when they're excited? How do they react when they're sound? How do they sound? You know, it's all about that audio fidelity and understanding it. And that's something that Kaon does really well. The yeah. characters have that dynamic range of their voice. If they're mm. happy, they might be slightly higher pitched. They might talk slightly faster. If they're sad or, you know, unhappy, they will ha- slow down. They will, you know, stop and start their words.
3: And yeah, I mean, as we're going back to Kaon, it's like, and you get a lot of that of them just talking and chatting and like having fun because that is a lot of what the anime is. Like, it is based on a music club, but it is mostly about them just chilling it's out and sipping tea and having little cakes. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a slice o- of life.
2: Honestly, amongst the music and the camaraderie and the, the beautiful animation and their awkward sensei, <laughs> um, <laughs> if you're a musician, you'll get a real kick out of watching the girls play. Mm. All of their playing is animated accurately. Oh, yeah. Um, and... Mugi's eyebrows. Mugi's eyebrows. Oh, they're
0: so cute. So, um, Mugi has eyebrows which are referred to in the manga. Which, truth be told, the manga is actually a four-coma. Mm. It's it's not a traditional manga as you'd expect, which is surprising considering how much content they've managed to pull out of it. Um, uh, well, for, it's not 4 coma. It's a bit more detailed than 4 coma. But Mugi's eyebrows are frequently referred to as pickled radish. <laughs> the little yellow the
2: daikon, is, p- daikon pickled daikon is radish.
0: The little triangular sort of yellow daikon radish that you'd find in some Japanese dishes. Hmm. Um, and there are many moments in the manga where there's a special little episode where Yui's dreamt of eating daikon radish eyebrows, (laughs) which is very strange.
3: So all the main characters in this were actually named after another band. Like everyone is named after an individual band member of a group called P-Model.
1: P-Model.
3: They are from 1979. They uh, tragically broke up in the year 2000. Um, Interesting kind of rock band and actually a lot more prolific in uh, the anime world than you would actually um, credit them for. Uh, They've been mentioned in manga called Sorrow of a Perfectly Healthy Girl and Opus. They've also been featured in anime such as Sailor Moon, Perfect Blue, Beck Mongolian Chop Squad, and Space Dandy.
0: Wow, okay, that's pretty impressive. That is pretty cool. So yeah,
3: it's like, even though they're broken up, they are...
0: They've had a lasting impression on the industry.
3: Absolutely. I mean, like, each of the individual members of this... Named after, like, a uh, member of the band. Wow.
0: Like, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, did the band have five members? Uh, yes. Now that explains it. <laughs> we're about
2: to talk about a band that's got just two.
3: Why-Fi Radio.
0: We'll
2: be there on time. There's 20 minutes of ads. Cinema
0: Club. There were 20 minutes of ads the other night. <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh, I just
2: realised I messed up that reference. I should have made a reference to the number five, because this... Is what we're going to talk about.
0: Interstellar 5555. 5555. Five. Five, 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 5 Tori of the 5 Ecrit 5 Tar 5 <laughs> Sorry, it's actually the story of the secret star system, but yeah. all the S's are replaced it's with five. also fives.
2: referred to as Interstellar 4 5 because there's four fives. Oh. And of course. I was referring to Daft Punk Yeah, earlier. so
0: this is a 2003 Japanese-French animated musical sci-fi, and it's the visual story of Daft Punk's second studio album, Discovery.
3: Now, a lot of people might not actually know about this, but they will have undoubtedly seen bits of it, maybe on like Rage or music video programs, because yeah. all of the... Uh, all of the story is uh, basically narrated. Well, not so much narrated. It's put over the top of uh, hit songs from Daft Punk's Discovery album. Mm,
2: and yes. In my sort of case, I saw it in the gym, and that was my first introduction. Mm. To and it was a Daft
3: Punk. F- it was a fascinating thing, wasn't it? It's like <sighs> if you're watching Rage or like a mm. um, music video program, and back in the nineties, that was huge.
0: See, the, the video clips, as you're saying, on those programs, they are all the the song. It's just the segment of the song exactly. from the film cut out.
3: But, and like, yeah, everyone's first exposure to this was undoubtedly the song One More Time.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And like... A group of blue
0: people dancing around.
3: A group of blue anime people dancing around this like futuristic spacey world. Um, But yeah, it's like, if you're watching Rage, you've got like um, music videos by, say, Spice Girls, Backstreet Boys. You've got yeah, yeah. people dancing around. There's sometimes a little narrative to those old music clips, which I love. And then just this out of nowhere. And you're just like, what? the heck is this? It's like one of those instances where anime beca- like invaded yeah. the mainstream in a very big way. So
0: a couple of nights ago we decided to sit down and watch it again because Coco hadn't seen it and um, all, all I can say is that my neighbours heard this. Daft Punk is playing in my house. My, my house. house. Just Daft Punk for an hour and 30 minutes. Daft Daft <laughs> Punk.
2: Darth- <laughs> Just, just like Japoon. <laughs> <laughs> now
0: we, should,
3: we should probably uh, go yeah. into the uh, story of so, it. So, oh.
0: firstly, before we do go into that, the film was produced by Daft Punk, Cedric Herbert, Emmanuel de Brutel, with Toei Animation. And it was supervised by Leiji Matsumoto, who is well known for his space Ooh. opera anime. So he did Space Battleship Yamato, Space Pirate, Captain Harlock, and Galaxy Express 999. And the film is said to have cost around $4 million US to do, and features no dialogue, just minimal sound effects such as rain and car tires. Mm -hmm. And this idea for the film actually formed, excuse me, during the early Discovery recording sessions where they decided they wanted to do something which tied it together with music and the industry and Mm sci-fi. And the video clips for this will all feature a short, complete axe of a much wider narrative. So when you see the video clips of Darth Punk songs from Discovery, be aware that's part of a much bigger story. Absolutely, yeah. On the note of that story, please, Uh, away with the plot, because this this story has a lot of very cool characters in it.
3: And, oh, that's the thing. All very cool characters. All, like, they all have their own sort of, you know, personalities and Mm. stories and these just emotional themes.
2: And you get invested. And
3: not a word is spoken. There is no dialogue, as you've said. Mm -hmm. So, an unscrupulous musical executive and his minions kidnap these beautiful blue aliens from their planet who are like members of a great techno band. They rob them of their identities and memories, pass them off as human and foist them on an unsuspecting public on earth. After their arrival and their impact on the human population, the members of the band try to piece back together their identities, escape from the clutches of this evil musical executive and try to return to their world.
0: So you have five, technically six main characters. Octave, who is the keyboardist and vocalist of the band, who are dubbed the Crescent Dolls. Stella, the only female band member who's the bassist as well as the main protagonist for the film. Arpeggios. You're picking up a uh, musical uh, notation here. The guitarist of the Crescent Dolls, who is pretty damn cool. And Barrel, who's the diminutive drummer of the Crescent Dolls. He's noticeably shorter in stature than pretty much every other character. He's He's Krillin with a mullet. He He is Krillin with a mullet. (laughs) You then also have Shep, who is an alien astronaut who's on a mission to rescue the Crescent Dolls. And he has a crush on Stella, which is shown through a beautiful song. um, Digital Love. Love. Which
2: was my first ever experience of dark mm.
0: punk, and that 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 story then comes full circle with uh, the "Something About Us" song, which I'll get to in a moment. You then have the villain, the Earl de Darkwood. Dun, dun, dun He is the human captor of the Crescent Dolls and the main antagonist of the film. And along with his robot army, he goes around capturing people from all different you know places in the universe, and then you know turning them into is top-selling artists.
3: <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, a sort of a montage of like, what's going on with this guy? What's he doing? You get to see that he has been responsible for Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, yeah. Jimmy Jan- Hendrix, Janis Joplin, eh, Janis Joplin, Ella Fitzgerald, Jimmy Page. Like all these great artists, they are not of Earth. And you just back immediate- kidnapped alien.
0: Hellas didn't die. He just left the planet. <laughs> 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 but the the thing about Um, Interstellar uh, 5555 is that the music dictates the story. And this is something which is often the other way around in production and it's something that makes this really stand apart. So Mm. the second track of the album is Aerodynamic and it has a guitar solo in it. And this is during the scene where the band are being captured by the Earl minions and the guitarist is the only one who gets away because the guitar solo is what is used through it. So he is, of course, the one that gets away. It's not going to be the bassist or the drummer. It's going to be the guitarist. The story
3: is dependent on the music in this instance, yeah. Yeah.
0: The song Digital Love features moments where the beat of the track changes, and these breakdown segments are used to alert the fifth character, Shep, that uh, there's an alarm going on because of the sound and Mm. the very different sound it makes. And that lets him know about the kidnapping of a band, and then the following tempo, as it increases leads to the space chase mm-hmm. so it, it kind of laid the track for how so they could get to which point so
2: did they have the story in mind before they wrote
0: I, i'm under the impression songs. they had um when they were doing it they decided this was they something they wanted to do yeah and so when they, they, they finished of... the album they then went back yeah right, animated okay. the whole i thing. actually
3: have a quote from the band member thomas Bangalter: an exploration of song structures and musical forms is what was planned for this album uh, it was a reflection of childhood memories, where they listened to music from a more playful and innocent viewpoint. And yeah, when they were when they were playing this, when they were making up their songs, they were like going back to inspiration from some of their like great favorite animes of all times, including Grandizer, that is like a giant robot anime, I believe we referenced not mm. so long ago. Uh, Candy, Candy, which we, we have we also talked about it earlier today. Yes, uh, very, that which corrupts very the French. In <laughs> And our space battleship Yamato, of course, Mm -hmm. which we have yet to talk about and absolutely must. Yes,
0: we should. Um, But going back to the music dictating the story, there's little bits and pieces which do then help dictate it. So you've got, like during the band's live performance on Earth, for instance, there is a string section supporting the band as they're introduced. Which is present on the track superheroes. Mm-hmm. It was as they're being introduced, it's got this, you know, doom 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 yeah. Doo, 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 yeah, yeah. Doo, doo. It feels like a build up and it's used as a build up for the band to introduce them. You've then got the track Something About Us, which I mentioned earlier, is used to great effect when Shep finally rescues the band and he gets to actually meet Stella. And I've got a, a little sample of you so you know how it's a bit different from um, mm-hmm. the th- the first one it also greatly reflects the mood the right
2: yeah. there's something about us i want to say cause there's something between us anyway it's so sad it is
0: mm. i'm not going to
2: give away no, what sad it, it's awful, it is it's awful but
0: it's beautifully done and you know you get that they do such
2: a good job of emoting
0: they do and the cuz the songs are emotive already it's easy to piece together a story that connects with them. And, you know, for the final story point for one of the characters, too long, uh, which is, I think, the 10th or 11th track on the album, Mm. is used for that travel as they travel home to the planet in Shep's spaceship.
2: Which is shaped like...
0: A guitar. Yep. And at the end of the film, there's a young boy in his room, sleeping and surrounded by toys of the characters, and the Discovery album is taken off the um, record player. And it's suggesting it's all the child's dream about how it comes. And you've got this beautiful little moment where he's falling asleep in bed, and next to him he's got the doll for Stella and Shep lying next to each other. Aww. And you're just like, oh! <laughs> and that like harkens like, back crying. to uh,
3: what they were planning for it. It was like a reflection of childhood memories and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So if you do want to watch uh, five 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 five, quattro five,
0: four five,
3: four five, into Stella,
0: <laughs> four five, as in the time signature. That makes a lot of sense now. Hey.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> we just discovered something. You can catch it on demand on Stingray Quello, which I had no idea what this was. It's actually a concert streaming service Whoa. that's owned by Amazon. So they've got recordings of old concerts you can watch. That sounds yeah. incredible. So they've got the whole thing on there, and it also has a seven-day free trial for anyone to watch international. So really? that's a great way to check it out.
3: Do yourselves a favour. Yeah. <laughs> you
0: can also buy it on Blu-ray and DVD on Amazon, along with a few other retailers. And as a very last resort, if you can't get any of these in your country, you can find it on YouTube, but you know, support your local support artists. your local artists. It's really of course, good to know. but I mean, like, because we we had so much trouble tracking it down. Mm. Yeah, like it was very lucky I knew someone who had a copy of the DVD. <laughs> um, but anyway, that is where we're going to have to leave it for today because we've gone way over time again, and we're really good at this. I promise. It's what we do. Well, another episode done, dusted and in the barrel for you. So let us know what you thought. And if you do want us to start covering anything in particular, sound off in the comments or chuck us a chuck us a word on our Facebook page. We're always listening. Mm, we can always use suggestions. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Mm. Let us know what you'd do if you were in the Dr. Stone world. What would you <laughs> start with? Would you start with a wheel? Would you start with a mirror? Would you start with a religion? Maybe um, a rifle. Like, next, yeah, that yeah, makes sense. Well, that, <laughs> that works. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking 80s anime Everything from Akira to Ranma.
0: Now, there's a lot in the 80s. It's, yep. a, it's the genus of a lot of genres and a lot of very unique styles. A
3: lot of giant robots. A lot of giant
2: robots. And it's very 80s, and we love that. So please listen... Subscribe, smash that button. You know how it goes.
0: I'm, I'm,
2: I'm so good at this, aren't I? I've just awful. taken over from Kyle. How it's, dare no, no, no. you? Everyone no should one, vote for me. No one smashed the like button.
0: Come I'm, on. I'm turning your microphone down, right down. All right, there we go. Sorry, Coco, you have been taking off mic duty for the rest of this episode. So that's yeah, the forever. sensor button. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is the sensor button. Anyway, we'll be back in a fortnight's time with another episode. Keep an eye out because we will be launching Kawaii Fi Review in the coming weeks a much shorter form version than our usual shows just telling you about you know anime that might be worth checking out it's all back catalogue it's nothing brand spanking new but it's stuff that has for, for the most part formed our lives in anime and if there's anything you'd like us to check out once again let us know yes. but between now and then enjoy yourself watch some anime smash that button <laughs> <laughs> catch you guys later yes. bye <laughs>